Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. The Bible says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches." All right, we got our last letter here to the church in Laodicea. And amongst the seven letters, this is probably the most harshest. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at this. And definitely, if, if the Lord uses the terms that he does and really comes out in a pretty strict way against this church, <clears throat> that's something we need to pay attention to because it's something that he feels is important. So we want to be cautious of the, the warnings here. So Laodicea, in the same area, the other churches, you know, we just studied Philadelphia, we had Sardis. Laodicea is going to be about 30 to or so miles away from these other ones. What's unique about Laodicea? Um, it's a rich city. It's one of the wealthiest cities of the ones that we've talked about. They were known for a couple of things. Number one was this real long aqueduct that they had built to, from a stream to supply water to the area. Another one of the things they were known for was they had a, a, a large medical uh, oh, institution there, if you would. And of the things they were known for medically, they were known for ISAV. You see, uh, the Lord actually refers to that later in this letter. So they had a lot going on, a lot socially going on, a lot of money, which means socially in society there was just this um, busyness. I, think about our society today with everything that goes on and all the money that's involved. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, I was like, in my brain, what, at what point in history did we have enough? 
would there be a point that we had enough things? You know, maybe we didn't have computers, but we had telephones. We could reach out and talk to each other. Okay, that's enough. You could write a letter. I mean, we we had the ability to reach out to other people, but we didn't have the extravagances that we have now. You know, when you start getting into the, some of the high-end technology things, I mean, really, is it a need or is it just becoming, I mean, AI? Why, why do we need that? Why do you need something that thinks like a, I don't know. I'm, it's interesting to me, but, you know, and Laodicea was at this point where they had enough in society. They had things. They had um, wealth. So the people in the church would probably match the society. They were wealthy. Uh, they had important jobs. They were connected in the society as well. So, you know, Laodicea, I think all the churches we've kind of gone through and we can see bits and pieces maybe of today's society in each one of them. But Laodicea stands out to me. And the, the, the wealth and the, the, the money uh, to the point of kind of where we're at today. So you see in verse 14, we have the introduction. It says, Under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen. I like that. You know, each letter we've seen Jesus kind of describe himself in some different way, right? He, early on, he described himself using the same descriptors that were used in chapter 1 or chapter 2 when John actually saw him uh, there. So he used some of those same descriptors. Lately, we've gotten some different descriptors, and he starts off by saying, I am the amen. Well, what's amen? What's the, amen, you know, we, we just prayed. We finished it off with amen, right? It puts a period to it. It puts a, it puts a, a forcefulness behind it. It says what we just said, we stand by. We, we declare it truth. You see often in Scripture where they'll make a statement and then at the end of it, amen. It's saying what I just said, I'm putting force behind. Um, so we have Christ who is the amen. He is the broker of truth. Everything he represents is truth, right? Anything he says, you could put amen behind because it stands for truth. And we have this church who uh, we're going to describe it is half committed. Eh, they kind of got one foot in, one foot out. They're trying to play the social game. They're wanting to play the Christian game. They're halfway committed. And Christ is saying right out of the box, I am the amen. I am the truth. So why are you playing this both game thing? There's no truth out there. You're not going to get any answers to any of your uh, spiritual needs out there, right? Oh, people think they can find them. They think they can find answers to spiritual needs out there, but you're not going to find any unless Christ is behind it. And to seek those spiritual needs, 
you need to be committed to him. And he doesn't like half commitment. I mean, we'll see as we go through the letter. I mean, he gets down later where he says, I spew it out of my mouth. That's pretty hard language. So if he uses that type of language to describe a half-committed, lukewarm Christian, is that a pretty good caution for us? A pretty good caution for us as a church? Especially in today's society with everything going on. So he starts off by saying, I'm the truth. I'm the truth. Then he just says, he goes, I am the faithful and true witness. Everything I've seen, everything I say is faithful. I'm never going to lead you down a wrong path. I'm never going to let you down. Have you ever put your faith behind a person? Maybe it was a boss that you respected one day at work. And I don't want to say you, you worshipped that person, but you trusted him totally. You're like, you know, he's going to help me get where I need to go. And then in the end, maybe he was just out for himself, like kind of everybody is when they're in the work world. People fail you. But if you have your faith in Jesus, if you have your faith in God, he will never fail you. He is totally faithful. So why you got this one foot in, one foot out thing again? Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you want to, I'm trying to keep my friends in the world, and I want to keep my friends at church, and I want them to, you know, think me a good Christian. But then again, I don't want to offend my friends at work, so I'm still going to kind of do their games too. But, you know, I go to church on Sundays, and I, I don't want to offend any. I don't want them to kick me out, or I don't want them to treat me different. So I'll, when I'm at church, I'll, I'll act that part. But when I'm out here at work, or, you know, if the guys want to go to the bar and watch a football game, I mean, what, what's, what's the harm, right? You know, really, I'm not, I won't drink. I'll just watch the game, you know. You know or if they want to even go to a, a game and then things go downhill or go to a party at somebody's house or you just get involved in things you shouldn't be involved with because I need those connections you know I mean this these connections are going to get me progress hmm? actually you only need the one connection <laughs> that's right that's right amen so he's saying he is the faithful and true witness. And then I love this last one. He says, I am the beginning of the creation of God. Christ was there from the beginning. He was there and God authorized him and had him involved in creation. If if he wanted to, he could he could spell it out all for us about how each step of creation happened, right? We have the steps, but he could spend pages detailing out each and every one of those. He, he was there. He was involved. He was the beginning. Again, you're looking for... It, he's saying, I got... I, I, Everything in your society today, I helped create. <laughs> I helped create it. 
you guys messed it up into what it is, stay with me. Stay with the truth. Stay with the faithful witness here, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And, and for, to this church, he kind of starts out that way, and he's like, if you do these things, if you follow me and what I represent, you're fine. But you're not doing that. You're not doing it. And he starts in verse 15. He says, I know thy works. He said that in every letter. I know thy works. Thou art neither hot nor cold. I would. Thou wert cold or hot. I love that part. This uh, aqueduct that they used in Laodicea that, that traveled a fairly long distance, and I can't remember the river or lake it came from. <clears throat> but they describe it as by the, the water at its destination was nice and cool. If you went to the river and actually got the water from that river, it would have been refreshing. It would have been uh, very good. But by the time it went through this aqueduct system, by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. Now, have you, you ever had just lukewarm water? Water maybe from a pond that is just still and standing? What happens when that starts happening? It starts smelling. It's just, it's nasty, right? That's what he's saying. You're lukewarm. Hot water I can get into and I can, it's therapeutic, right? Well, it's good, too, when it's coffee, <laughs> right? Or hot cocoa or tea, something like that. But cold water, yeah, now I love me a nice big glass of ice water. But what's lukewarm water good for? I mean, really, to water plants with. If, <laughs> that's about the only thing you'd use for that stuff. I mean, it's just... A cup that you might have had sitting out for a long time. It just kind of gets stale, right? He said, I'd rather you commit one way or the other. Think about what he's saying here. I'd rather you be cold. What's he mean by that one? I'd rather you be totally in the world. Lost. Identify yourself. One way or the other. Mm-hmm. can't see that being what he means well go ahead i just think he like what you said with the ice water could be refreshing it's useful the hot water could be therapeutic or used for boiling it's useful either way be useful mm -hmm. don't be lukewarm where you have no use okay okay i've heard it taught both ways though yeah if you're totally <laughs> You don't play the 50-50 game. Some of the hardest people to reach for Christ are those that play the 50-50 game. Because they think they're Christian. They think they're saved. But they're on the way to hell. Because they haven't... They've been, they, they've been uh, fed either the wrong salvation message... They're being um, tricked into thinking you can do that and still be committed to God that way. 
at least if you're cold, you know you're lost. So there's only one thing to do, right? And it's it's it can be easier to um, save somebody for Christ when they're just totally out. They they don't have any preconceived notions of what faith and religion and and all this is, right? Um, any employers at work sometimes would you rather train a new person who has no experience or train somebody who comes in with a bunch of experience and try to teach them your way what's the easiest no experience right so in spiritual realm description same thing it's easier to, to bring somebody to Christ who doesn't have any of these preconceived notions, who hasn't been to a church who says it's okay to do this. And it's okay to come to church and then go out and be in society and, and, and socialize with, with unbelievers. It really doesn't teach the, the, sep, the doctrine of separation to what it needs to be. And then you try to tell them, yeah, but you're not, that's not right. And you're going to have an argument. You're, it's it's hard to pull them from that. So I, 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 in me, that's why I think he's kind of going with that. I, I'd rather you be cold, and we could bring you in. Or I'd rather you be hot and on fire for me. And in that case, praise God. But this lukewarm thing, once you're in that position, it's hard to connect with you. It's hard to bring you into the hot realm, I think you have a better chance of backsliding into the cold realm. Thoughts, comments? Yeah, I mean, you take like Joel's team. I mean, he's kind of both, right? Yep. I mean, he's in and out. He's, he's hurting more people in the world than somebody that's not faithful, right? Because he te he's teaching it's okay to kind of do this yeah, thing? Yeah, both sides of it is how I see it, right? I mean, that's just, not saying just him, but I mean them. Yeah, there's others. Yep. Yeah, and I was think, kind of taking some Cody, and, and then what he's saying is um, it makes me think of the fig tree. So, you know, you have the fig tree that doesn't produce any fruit, but it takes nutrients from what's around it. So kind of what you're saying is that you're having a negative effect, and so you're taking from... It'd be better off if you were dead, and that way you're not taking up nutrients from the ground. Anyway, that's just kind of... <laughs> yeah, no, that's an interesting thought, you know. And again, let's apply it to Stewardship Month this month. Um, how is a hot, on-fire-for-God Christian going to respond to the call for service? Yeah, where can I help, right? Where can I get involved at? Where can I, uh, who can I pray for? It's not always what can you do. It's many times it's, you know, and, you know, what can you get involved, even in just as a prayer warrior or praying for our leadership or our children who are in school and 
those spiritual things too. But how about a lukewarm Christian? How are they going to respond to this? They're kind of playing both sides here. There you go, right? They're going to sign up, but I'm too busy. I can't do it. And what Stacy was saying, I think, was was great. How does that help anybody? They're committed enough to show up Sunday, but not sign up for the service for Tuesday. Take up space on a Tuesday. Maybe from someone. It's amazing if you watch the pastor's sermons. How many times he'll bring up balance? Yes. Don't swing too far one way, then we pendulum swing the other way. But the one spot we shouldn't be half committed is our devotion to who we're going to serve. No, I think that's excellent way to put it. Excellent way to put it. And, you know, he's spending some time on this point here and sees it so important that when you're lukewarm halfway in, halfway out, Christ wants to spew you out of his mouth. God sees that as a big deal. I, you know, as I was doing my studies, this that's convicting for me. That's convicting for me. Um, there's ways in, in my Christian walk that I need to be not so lukewarm. Um, there's things that uh, I need to get right with him on. Um, it's a big deal. I think each one of us have possibly those areas that we we might try to play the one foot out, one foot in thing. Um, he's not saying either that we all need to be pastors or <coughs> teachers or ministers or, you know, I don't believe that's what he's saying either. Each one of us have something we can contribute. Um, but you got to live the life outside just the same you live here on Sunday morning for three hours. Um, I love. I get this at work from time to time, and it uh, happened last week. Even I was sitting in my office, and I got a couple of ladies that work in the insurance office with me now, and neither one of them are saved. One uh, goes to ca the Catholic Church, I think, mainly because uh, she can get her kids into the day school. Um, but she doesn't. I've asked her about the Catholic faith, and she doesn't know. Um. But they'll be talking something or other, and then and I'll say something, and they go, "Well, yeah, you're." One of the comments was, "Well, you're a man of God, so we'll we'll not not get your opinion on this or something." Yeah, you know what? I actually appreciate that. Or you know, they get to talking and they might cuss or something, but then when they get around me, they stop. I like that. That says that I'm. I'm not, I'm not perfect here, but I'm living the life outside at least to an extent that it's noticeable. Could I do better? Yeah. I'll, I think we all could do better there. But it's noticeable to people. And I've sat in offices. I, 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 I'll, <laughs> since I've started to work outside of uh, the PD, uh, that, out of, that really never happened at the PD. Nobody cared if you were saved or not. They just, bleh, you know. <laughs> Probably similar, similar at the you know, fire department, maybe. I had some guys that come in my office and let something slip. Oh, I'm sorry. I yeah. forgot. Uh, so even when they did sometimes, I, 
and I'm certainly not an example of a great Christian, but I, I felt the same way. Oh, wow. Apparently they noticed. Yeah. So apparently I'm a little warmer than lukewarm. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in degrees, right? Yeah. So, I think we all between I hot and lukewarm, and sometimes even, well, maybe not so far as cold if you think that's unsafe. I think we all I think you might be right. I think we have seasons, right? Yeah. I think we go through seasons. Yeah. I think we struggle taking our own temperature. Yeah. That's a good comment. That is good. I like that. But who's going to help us along that way, though? Who's going to come alongside you and say, Cody? If, if, you know, so the lesson there for me, I'm sitting here thinking about it is if we struggle with, uh, go back to the book of James when he talks about looking in the mirror, right? Uh, the mirror doesn't lie. So when, if you can't take your own temperature and be honest with yourself, who's going to do it for, do you have a, an accountability partner that would do that for you? Hmm. Okay. On that line of thought, and my nurse friend might be able to understand, it is kind of hard sometimes to feel yourself and feel if you have a fever. It is kind of difficult to, to <clears throat> assess, well, it's like you assess can't. your own temperature without an actual thermometer. Yeah. But yep. somebody else can come feel you and say, oh, wow, you feel like you have a fever. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. Are you, you know, so the... Um, Taking your own temperature, get, are you in the book enough? Are you in Scripture enough to be able to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and guide you in that regard? Now that's, that's, that's yeah, it's good stuff. Retrospect. Mm -hmm. Look back. I don't like doing that. I did made a lot of mistakes back in the day. Yeah, I don't. Mm -mm. It's easier to say, "I'll do this tomorrow," and maybe not do it. Yeah, yeah. But you have a good friend like Marla that'll guide you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Marla will say to me, "Joella, you need to step back and think about this." So it helps when you have that friend that'll guide. I uh, appreciate Pastor. He tells the story, and I always he's told it a couple times, and I, I, I it, it's interesting to me because I, it's uh, well, he says he was, uh, you know, these conferences that they'll go to, right? He was driving down the road, and he had one of his uh, pastor friends with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm probably not going to go to that one. I've kind of been to all of them, and." There's really nothing I can get from it. And the guy turns and looks at him and goes, oh, it's all about you now, huh? And I always love that because I think of John as like, how dare you talk to him like that, right? But he said it kind of put him in his place. And he, he realized, okay, maybe I can't. The material itself, first off, I think all of us can get something out of every lesson. But secondly, maybe he needs, and he feels like he's been led to go to these to, to mentor to a younger staff, you know, and try to help somebody else uh, there besides himself. So I always find that interesting. He had somebody that was willing to just say, oh, it's all about you now, you know? Yeah, yeah. You'll have those people that don't care where you're at. They're going to say what they think. Yeah. <clears throat> 
say what I think, and sometimes you put your foot in your mouth. But sometimes it does good like that. I mean, no, yeah. You know, and I, I think it's important too is to if if you have somebody like that, where are they coming from? Mm -hmm. If they right. can do it as a friend. You know, do you have somebody that that you can do it that, in good ways that is a Christian brother mm -hmm. yeah. that you're getting Christian advice from? Yep. Um, and I'll say it this way too: I measure myself often just with folks here in the church that maybe I never even talked to. But I'm like, you know what? I've seen them outside of the building and I've seen them inside of the building and they have a walk with God that I want to uh, emulate. Does some of your friends like that make you feel like you're lukewarm? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I. Sometimes it makes you want to be hotter, too. <laughs> so you get in the book a little bit more. That's it. Yeah, that's the heat source. Yeah. Yeah, so it's so, you know, the, the, the analogies here and the, the, the thoughts. You know, we have a church in Laodicea that had a, 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 a membership that was none of them, or very few of them were on fire for God. They're all trying to play this half and half. You got a, a church full of them. What are you going to be able to get done? I mean, what can you get done? I, you're going to have all these ideas coming out of people, right? You know, man, we need to start a children's ministry, or we need to start a, um, you know, a children's academy, or we need to start an FBI. We need to start all this stuff. But I don't want to do it. Somebody needs, Somebody needs to start this stuff. <laughs> It'd be really cool. Tell me how it goes. I mean, I I can't be there, but you know, I thought it was a good idea, right? Uh, I got you know Monday night footballs on on Mondays, so I can't do that on Mondays. But I think it'd be really neat. Somebody could probably use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but if you had, I mean, think about it for Laodicea, they got a church full of this. And, you know, go back to the first sentence, verse 14, and under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right, we go back to who is the letter addressed to? The pastor, the minister, the angel of the church, which is where the motivation of the entire church starts, right, with the pastor. It does. Uh, so, yeah, Ken. And the interesting thought, at least I'm thinking it here, is it's not the pastor who's probably lukewarm. It's members of his congregation. But the letter is written to the pastor. Hey, pastor, you need to do something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. be a pastor because there's a lot of responsibility there. Yeah, I don't know. It really doesn't give us a hint as to whether the minister himself was lukewarm or not. Um, but to say these issues are issues, folks, individually, you need you, you better work on them because they're serious. Um, and as the leadership of the church, corporately, you need to work on it. Can you... Deal with individual circumstances while kind of dealing with it corporately too. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, it starts with the leadership. It always kind of starts and falls on leadership, too. So, you know, how they got this way, <clears throat> we could speculate into that, but I think to some extent it comes with the leadership. Kind of allowed those things to start sliding. But the end of verse 16, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. It makes me want to straighten up. It does, doesn't it? You know, uh, Go back to verse 1. These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness. Whatever he says is truth. And it's going to happen. All the blessings that he says, if you do these things, I will bless you and you'll sit with me in the throne room of heaven. But all the judgment that he says is possible too, that's coming too. Just as heaven is a real place, hell is a real place. And the judgments that are going to befall those that he um, that don't follow him and how he wants to be followed, that's where you're that's there. That's truth. No so, purgatory. No, there's no halfway, I don't believe. Follow him is this way. I haven't I haven't found found it in here. And but uh, one of these days I want to study that because I, I, I don't know where it came from. But, um, but yeah, I will spew thee out of my mouth. We have this hot, we have this cold. I think you know we had a lot of neat ideas on that. Um, go to verse seventeen. We'll do that one real quick. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So what's the problem here? Why are they got one foot in and one foot out? They all their needs are being met. Yeah, go back to what we were just talking about earlier. Uh, you know, when was enough enough? Well, I, I and I think there's there was a time. I think there's a balance somewhere that you could look back maybe historically and say this period of time we had all of our needs met we could do things we could drive we could fly we could we could talk to people anywhere and everywhere news and then we reached a point to where all of a sudden all these things started to be extravagances you know we had telephones why do you need one on you all the time uh, to me, that's where, you know, there, there was a point to where things became too much, excessive, you know, and, and if, when all the, when you have everything, we were talking earlier, you know, I, uh, Cindy and I, we struggle at Christmas because if, if we're at a point in our lives, we're blessed now that if either of us want something, we just get it. Yeah. If she wants something, I might go buy it. If I want something, I definitely go buy it. And then Christmas comes, and I'm like, "What do you want?" She goes, "I don't know. I don't." Nothing you need. Yeah, we buy it as we have it. All of our needs are met, so it could be very easily to kind of get complacent that way. Um, but we got to get beyond the material needs and worshiping those things 
spiritually getting our spiritual fulfilling out here and not from within here and not from him so i can see that how you can start to be you know and then you have a, a tragic deal like uh the wilsons and that's to me where you find out the the when you need there's needs that need to be met that don't can't be met anywhere else but from him and that's kind of one of those times right so interesting church we'll finish off next week we'll go down on some of the judgment maybe some of the ideas we need to think about to keep us from going down this path i appreciate the back and forth we don't do that all the time but uh it was uh, some great ideas and thoughts um and we'll go down to services ken you want to do prayer for us and we'll go down to service